Hi, it's Kelly. Have you ever listened to a podcast episode and you had a question or a comment that you would like to ask of me? Maybe you would just like to join a discussion area about the topic. If so, I have a place, a community, that I've created to allow you to do just that. It's a place for questions, comments, and encouraging discussion related to any of my newsletter posts or podcast episodes from God, Dreams, and Really Good Coffee. And it's all away from the prying eyes of social media. It's a place to encourage one another as we reach our God-given dreams, because we need that right now to support one another. So if you're interested in that, or if you want to be a Christian author, there will be a place there for you as well. Check it out at inspirewritepublish.com forward slash community, or just click on the link in the show notes. Take care. Hey guys, it's Kelly Langston, and this is God, Dreams, and Really Good Coffee. I'm so glad you're here today. I hope that this will be an encouraging message for you because we need encouragement. (laughs) We always need encouragement, but I'm feeling that a lot of people are maybe uh, feeling a lot of anxiety or stress right now. And things are just a little bit um, unclear to me. I think there's so much going on. And that is a perfect time to go to God and ask him, hey, God, what are you doing? (laughs) And the reason why I haven't been to you for a few weeks is because that's exactly what I have been doing, going to God and saying, all right, God, I don't get this. I don't understand what you're doing right now. And I never want to come and do a podcast out of something that I want to say without going to God first, because it's really important to go to God first. I never want to mislead anybody. And I want to explain also that I'm just like anyone else. There are times when things are confusing there are times when things are discouraging. There are times when when we're under tremendous stress. There are times when it feels like God is silent. I want to tell you about that too. But first, this is God, dreams, and really good coffee. I want to share a dream that I had with you because we haven't really gone into dreams. But I want to tell you that I love dreams. And there are so many people that are saying, I dreamt this and they're all over YouTube or whatever, but I really think that dreams are personal to me. I'm going to share one with you because I also want to teach how God can use a dream to speak to us. And there are ways to make sure that you keep that biblically based. That is critical. And I really believe a dream is more like a parable. It's the way Jesus used parables, like the fig tree is often a symbol of Israel in the Bible. In the same way, our dreams can, the symbols in our dreams can be used to help us understand what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And it's a little tricky, but one thing, dreams are in the Bible. The interpretation of dreams is a gift that Joseph was given and God used that dream to help save many lives during great years of famine in Egypt. Dreams were also given to Joseph when he 
was taking care of Mary and the newborn baby, Jesus. God communicated through a dream. So let's just start with that. Yes, God does communicate with dreams. He does. He says that he will pour out his spirit in the last days and he will give people dreams. They are tricky because we need to put our foundation in the scripture, but not to totally dismiss them either, which is, I I think that is a, a problem as well. But before we do that, I want to tell you about the great coffee that I'm drinking. It is from Central America, Guatemala, and my husband roasted it with this great city roast. It's it's not too dark, not too light. It's awesome. And let me see if I can pronounce this. Now, don't laugh, okay? It's way away Tenango. It looks to me like Huey Huey Tenango. <laughs> Because I do not speak Spanish. However, I do have a daughter who uh, does. I had to have some help. So it's Ue Ue Denango. It's from Guatemala. And it is an absolutely wonderful, warm, rich coffee with a body of a little bit of plum and black pepper, if I may. It's really good. Guatemalan coffee is one of my favorites. They're very, very good, and I highly recommend it. So before we get into our discussion about dreams and what is God doing (laughs) and a healthy dose of encouragement, so we're going to have coffee and encouragement today. Grab yourself a cup of either coffee, some tea, milk, if you want, just drink milk, or just a glass of water. But just relax and let's get started. I am really glad you're here. If you've followed my podcast, there's a podcast episode called The Sifting. That is an episode that I highly encourage, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Because I believe with all my heart, that is where we are right now. There's a great sifting, a great testing of our faith. We are tested. Our faith is tested and that strengthens our faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now let's go back. What is faith? Faith is believing in something that God has told you whether it's through scripture, a biblical promise, or he's the Holy Spirit is given to you, but you don't have it yet. The circumstances do not look, you can't see anything. You cannot please God without that faith. Faith is very important to have in order to please God. And I have been pouring over my journals for the last five years to see, Lord, what have I? you've been telling me? What has the Holy Spirit been telling me? What dreams have you given me? And they're all written down and dated. And I want to see, were you preparing me for what we're seeing today? And and there's a lot of unrest today. I was completely unprepared for some of the things that have happened in January. Wow. I think a lot of us felt sucker punched. All of us felt sucker punched. It was a total, especially January 6th, they were just shocking to so many people, I mean, to all of us. What is real? What is not real? Those questions were in my mind. And do, you know, I want to know, I don't have all these answers. So what do you do when you don't have answers and you are hit with things from this world that just knock you off your feet? Well, you need to go to God. And ask him, Lord, what are you doing? I need to know, Lord, what is truth? What is your truth? And this is where I've been. 
And an important thing to do when you are bombarded with so many different stories, a lot of deception, tremendous deception right now. And the enemy, that's, that's his thing. He's the deceiver. So what do you do? You go to God and it's very important to shut out the voices of anybody that you cannot completely trust is grounded in the word of God. So if you have that core group, those individuals, it might be a small group. It might be your pastor. It might be a wise friend that you know is grounded in the word of God. That's okay. But more than anything, you need to go to God. This is a time right now that we need to go directly to the father and ask him, Lord, we need your light. We need you to show us what is your will? Because when you give us your will, we know the direction that you're going and we join into that will. So what is your will? And I want to read this, this uh, verse from Romans eleven thirty three and 34. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and untraceable his ways for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor. See, we seek advice and I'm guilty too, desperate to find out information. What are you doing? What is going on? The first place we need to go is God. His ways are unsearchable. We might look around and say, this doesn't make any sense to me at all. The events that happened in January do not make any sense to me at all. I'm going to be honest with you. But the Lord knows what he's doing. So I need to go back and ask, did I hear you correctly? And I've been pouring through those journals. Did I hear you correctly? And it's very helpful to be able to go back and look at the things that I've heard him lead me in a direction and I've dated it when he answered or completed that task. He's done that many times. That alone starts building your faith. And remember, if you go back in some of those old, uh, the, the former podcast episodes, I think the sifting might've been one where I talk about the story of Elijah and the battle with the prophets of Baal. There's so many times that God keeps calling me back to that story. It is in first Kings 18, where he battled the prophets of Baal and Elijah, he had been dealing with the wicked King Ahab and his wife Jezebel, who had led the the people astray into idol worship. And they were on the fence. They were both ways. In fact, it was very dangerous to be following anybody but Baal back then because Jezebel was having them killed. So Elijah declared there will be no rain to King Ahab and no rain came. And so people were suffering. And then he had this great showdown on Mount Carmel between the prophets of Baal and fire came down from heaven. And he said to the people, you must make a choice who you're going to serve. If you're going to serve Baal, choose Baal, or are you going to serve the Lord? But you've got to make a choice. Folks, that's where we are right now. We've got to make a choice. There's no fence riding now. Those days are over. So let's keep going a little bit, just to remind you a little bit about that story, because it's really fascinating. And then he said, that the rain was going to come, Elijah, that it was time for that rain to come after that great showdown. And he ran to the top of a mountain and he sent his servant down to look for rain. 
while he kept his head between his legs. Can you imagine him sitting maybe cross-legged or with his knees to his chin, with his head down, not wanting to look at anything he saw? Now, why? Because what he saw did not match the word that God had given him. God had told him that it was time to declare rain. He knew that. It was time for the drought to be over. And he knew it. But what he saw did not match it at all. So he sent his servant out to look for rain seven times. And six of those times, the servant came back and said, I don't see anything, nothing. Blue skies, nothing. There's nothing to see. Six times, he stopped looking at what he could see. He put his head down and focused only on God. He focused on that word, I imagine him praying, focusing on the Lord, focusing on what the Lord had told him, and just shutting out all the noise and all of the circumstances that did not agree with that word, lest his faith might be shaken. But he wouldn't let that. So he kept his head down and he kept sending out his servant. Now, what if he would have quit? You go three times, the servant comes back and says, well, I don't see anything. Well, all right, well, let's just go home. No, that's not where the story ended. He kept sending him back until he saw that tiny little hint of a cloud, no bigger than a man's fist. And the servant came back. I say little cloud, but it's really small. Nothing there. All that cloud, that little tiny cloud was enough to get Elijah to say, let's start running because there's going to be a huge downpour. Folks, that's where we are. We're still waiting to see the evidence of what the Lord has promised. But I'm telling you, his word will not come back void. And I hope that encourages you because I've had to go through all these things as well. Lord, were we wrong? I know you're doing something amazing. We don't know God's ways because I'll tell you what, he brought us to our knees to seek the Lord again. That is something that is wonderful. So many people have been on their knees praying night after night after night after night, just pouring out their hearts to the Lord, seeking God, seeking his wisdom. And that is a good thing. And God answered prayers in that alone. That has been done. We have been looking for God to help us, to come in, to heal the brokenness of our nation, to bring us back the church to a place of unity. So the Lord is dealing with that. We don't know how, we don't know why. I do know that he's a loving father and his ways are good and he has a good purpose for us. So we need to just hang in there just a little bit longer. After the rain fell and Elijah defeated through God all the prophets of Baal because God did what he promised he would do and those prophets were defeated and the rain came, was that the end of the story? No, because Jezebel... After she heard of this great defeat of her prophets of Baal, spoke a word of doom to Elijah and threatened his life. Now, what do you think that Elijah would have done? He just saw God rain fire from heaven and end a three-year drought. Do you think that that would have been enough that he could have just written off Jezebel like, well, what's she going to do to me? Well, the reality is Elijah was tired. He'd been battling a while. Obviously, by the verses in scripture, 
we can tell that he had a little bit of a meltdown. He hid in a cave and the Lord had to send angels to comfort him and provide food for him. Then he went on a 40 day walk to Mount Horeb. I hope I pronounced that right. But not before he was so despondent that he cried out to God. He was at his wits end. He had had enough. The Lord sent angels to literally feed him. They baked him a cake on coals and gave him water. And he ate and drank and and rested. Sometimes we need to just rest, rest in the Lord. When things, the battle is fierce, we need to go rest with the Lord and know that he is with us. So then Elijah went on a 40-day walk to Mount Horeb. And he went into a cave and spent the night in the cave. And the word of the Lord came to him. And the word of God said, what are you doing here, Elijah? I can relate to Elijah right here because he said, I've been so zealous for you, Lord, for the children of Israel. And they've forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. And I'm the only one left. And they seek to kill me too. (laughs) I sense a little bit of feeling sorry for himself. (laughs) Please understand that I'm not trying to put him down in any way, shape, or form. But you can sense the grief that things aren't going the way that Elijah wanted them to go. He wanted this great victory, but he's not seeing it yet. Yet. That's a key word. So he's wanting this great victory, but he's all he's getting is additionally more beaten down by the enemy and he's tired and it's a time that he needs rest. And the Lord is asking, Hey, why are you here? It's almost like, you know who I am, Elijah. I'm still God. I'm still with you. And this battle is not over yet. Isn't that amazing? That God will come to our rescue even when we are, and not only even, especially when we are tired, worn out, frustrated, confused, and at our wit's end. Maybe that's exactly where God can show his power and glory the most when we are weak. When I am weak, he is strong. We've got a nation of prayer warriors that have been on their knees praying and rending their hearts for their nation. And not only this nation, the entire world asking that the people draw close to the Lord and that I personally have been asking for a great harvest. I see evidence of people turning to the Lord and that's a fantastic thing. And it is an answer to prayer. So I'm very thankful for that. And just to give you a little bit of insight, into the story, which is right there for you to read. I highly recommend that you go to the book of Kings and read the story. But Jezebel does get pulled down. So the end of the story and the end of Jezebel does come. So be encouraged. And let me say this. God's promises are true. He is faithful to everyone. And I have been praying, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And I'm paraphrasing. That is promise is true and it will be done. I know that it will be done. What we don't know is the timing and the manner that God is going to do these things. And I am not God. I will never be God. I'm not even going to pretend to know his mind or his ways. Usually they astound us when it is all revealed. But rest assured, God's promises will be completed in his time and in his way. And you can be confident of that. So don't be discouraged. Look up. 
He is still on the throne. Jesus is right by his side. And every promise that you have been praying or continue to pray, whether it's for your family, your personal condition or anything going on in your life right now, or for the world, those promises, those biblical promises will be done. I can promise you that. So I hope that encourages you a little bit. Before I go, I want to tell you a little bit about a dream that I had because I love dreams. So I'm going to tell you about this dream that I had. I will probably go into it a little bit more later in another episode. But this week I had a dream that we were in a house, my family and some members of my family, and we were looking out the front door and a great storm was approaching. And we were watching for it and we were waiting for it. And as it came closer, it was a funnel cloud. And as it came closer, we could see it approaching. But just as it began to get on on top of us, it dissipated, just went away, poof, gone. Then I went to the back of the house and looked out the back and I could see another storm, another great funnel cloud, very close, even bigger It was just this huge, massive funnel cloud, and it was right on us. And I started yelling, take shelter, take shelter, take shelter. And that's the end of the dream. So I knew it was significant. It just hit me as a significant dream. First of all, you write that dream down. As soon as you wake up, because it will start fading, write the date write any of the details. Was it in color? Was it not in color? And I'm going to have some podcast episodes where we can get a little bit more detailed about this, but write down everything you remember about the dream, where any names, who was with you, um, everything, what time of day, where were you? Just write down whatever you can about the dream. And then it's very important to go to scripture. So what I did was I looked up tornadoes, whirlwinds, and storms in scripture. I want to add that the tornadoes did not seem to cause a lot of anxiety. That's important to note when you're facing something in a dream. How does, how are you feeling in that dream toward whatever that is? In this case, I, although I wanted us to take shelter, I did not feel like a terrible thing about this funnel cloud, the two funnel clouds, one which dissipated and the other one, which was even bigger and it was even closer. So I look up whirlwind in scripture and read a few verses, but I came to this one and I'm going to read it to you. It is from Jeremiah 30 verse 23. Behold, the whirlwind of the Lord goes forth with fury, a continuing whirlwind. It will fall violently on the head of the wicked. The fierce anger of the Lord will not return until he has done it. And until he has performed the intents of his heart in the latter days, you will consider it. (laughs) I thought that was very interesting. I'm not here to tell you what the Lord is speaking to you in my dreams. I am here to tell you that he will speak to you through your dreams. And to me, he was telling me that the story is not over. He will be the judge of all things and we can count on it. This particular, the context of Jeremiah 30 was very fascinating. It's about um, the restoration of Israel and Judah. 
and it just goes on. It's very, very interesting, but it got me reading both chapters 30 and 31, and it was very fascinating and very encouraging. What I believe that the Lord was speaking to me was, hey, the word that I give out will not return until it is done. I'm going to do the things that I said I was going to do. And he is going to perform the intents of his heart. And I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to try to figure him out, which I'm guilty of doing. I don't need to date a certain date or time that he's going to do it, which I'm guilty of doing. But he's going to deal with these things. Who knows? Jesus could return at any time. And that could be his way of dealing with these things. And what are we supposed to do while we're waiting? Shut off the voices of the negative people that anybody that's talking hate or accusations, just turn it off. I personally have chosen to turn off the news. I just think I, I don't even want to listen to it right now. Instead, I want to keep my mind on good things. I want to spend time with people who are encouraging. I want to stay close to God in quiet times. And my family, that is very important to me. And the other thing that the Lord told me while I was mewing all this in my mind is don't forget to love. (laughs) And it kind of amazed me because I realized that there have been times in my life when loving others has been a bigger focus. But right now with everything going on, my focus has been on everything going on instead of just the simple things about finding peace, finding time with the Lord and loving others, just loving them, just speaking to the cashier, you know, ask about their lives or or how their day has gone. It doesn't have to be big things. Usually it's small things, but just to extend love and to think about how can I bless someone else today? And I've got to admit, I haven't been thinking about that as much as I should. But when God spoke that to me, I'm like, ah, okay, I get it. I get it. (laughs) It's time to remember, remember our first love. Remember why we're here. We're here to be a light. We're here to share the gospel of Christ. We don't have to buy into the lies. We don't have to align ourselves with any kind of thing that, that we know is not right. That's not love. But we are to love people with the truth of Jesus, love them with our time and a smile if we can. (laughs) Just find a way each day to bless one person. And there's something about that is as you give out, you pour that out of your heart and your soul, the Lord pours into you to replenish you. It's a miracle, but I promise you, as you pour out love and compassion, he pours into you. It's kind of like this beautiful, never-ending fountain of God's love, grace, wisdom, and mercy. And I can feel now just his arms just wrapping around me as I'm telling you that because as I'm speaking those encouraging words, which I hope they are, he's encouraging me. And that's a promise. He does that. It's kind of a miracle. It's a miracle, but he does that. And he'll do that with you. He he wants to be there for us. So take our grief and our pain and confusion and distress and anxiety to him directly and leave it. Just leave it. Leave it there. And let him deal with this because it's not over. 
I don't know what he's doing. I'm not going to pretend that I do, but I do know that his promises are true and he will complete them. You can take that and know it because his word is true. He's never let me down and he won't let you down either. So I'm Kelly Langston and I hope this blessed you. I'm going to start getting into a little bit more about dreams because I think they're so fascinating and the biblical basis for dreams and how you must use scripture to help you. Scripture always comes first, but I do think that we can't ignore them. So I want to talk about those dreams in future episodes. So stay tuned. I'm Kelly Langston and thank you for being here. Has God given you a dream of something amazing? Is it a dream that's so hard to reach that you might be considering giving up on it, even though you really believe God has called you to it? If you have a dream like that, I have a book that's going to encourage you to press on. Because whenever God gives us a dream, it's not going to be an easy dream, one that's easy to achieve in our own power, because God wants to provide his supernatural assistance to get us there. I've written a book called When God Gives a Dream, Reaching Your Impossible Dream in God's Power. And right now it is free for download on Amazon. In it, you'll discover the characteristics of a God-inspired dream and learn how to determine if it is from God and be encouraged to press on. You can find it now at the Amazon bookstore.